Bow your heads with me, if you will. Heavenly Father, open our hearts and our minds and our ears to receive your word this day. But not only listen to it and so deceive ourselves, but help us do what it says. In your name we pray. Amen. I did some reading this week. I did some, re- <clears throat> excuse me, some reading on wedding veils. <clears throat> I'm sure it's what all mid 40 year old men are reading about on Super Bowl week <laughs> wedding veils. But that is the length I am willing to go for you as your pastor is to read up on wedding veils. And before some of you get worried that I might be heading down a dark path, fear not. This past week I was in the living room, Maria has Lifetime on, and she's watching this show, Married at First Sight. After three and a half minutes, I was banned from the living room. She said, are you gonna make these kind of comments the whole show? I said, but, she said, no, but, are you? I said, yes, probably. She said, out. I said, no, it's all right, no no problem. If 50 to 60% of marriages are only successful after people have dated and been engaged for like a half a year or a year or longer, uh, there's only gonna be five or six episodes if it's at first sight, right? Would you believe there's 17 seasons? 17! I'm not getting the remote back anytime, anytime soon. But why did I do this labor of love? For this reason. Whether you're married or not, whether you're male or female, I believe that knowing just a little bit more about veils is going to go a long way in helping you to understand the scripture this morning. More specifically, your relationship with God. And so this is what I found out. The veil is one of the oldest parts of the bridal ensemble. It dates back to ancient times. At first, I wondered if the veil was worn to hide the bride's face so that the groom wasn't scared off before it was legally binding. Some of you will get that later. That's not the case. That's not the case. But there is an element of fear involved sometimes. It turns out that in Greek and Roman times, they actually believed that the bride had to be hidden from evil spirits who might want to thwart her happiness. But it goes back further than that. Veils especially found their way into Christian ceremonies because they were first in Jewish ceremonies. So going back in the Bible as early as Genesis 24, they have to do with modesty and relationship boundaries. Rebecca had to remain veiled in Isaac's presence until they were married. And often that unveiling would happen in the bedroom and the consummation of the marriage. In Genesis 29, a guy named Laban gives his daughter to Jacob. But the next morning, 
when it's light out, he finds out that Laban tricked him and actually gave him Rachel's older sister, Leah, instead. Surprise. Later on, he would give him Rachel too. But I imagine it was soon thereafter that the practice of the unveiling happened in the actual ceremony then instead of later on. And then it would become a foreshadowing of the oneness that would come. The lifting of the veil was an indicator that the relationship had elevated to a new level, not separated anymore. The husband would then be free to kiss the bride and share affection more intimately than up until that point. What does all this have to do with our relationship with God? Sin is a barrier. Sin separates us from God. As an unholy people, we can no longer be in the presence of a holy God. That's just the harsh reality of the human condition since the fall. And so in our Old Testament reading from Exodus 34, Moses is called up onto Mount Sinai. He has this rare privilege of speaking with God and he just catches a glimpse of God's backside, just a hint. And that's enough to make his face glow brilliantly white and this intense light. And he knows that if people see the light of God, even from his own face, it's not gonna be a good thing, they're gonna be afraid. And they won't even listen to what he has to say. And so he veils his face. This idea of fear comes from others in the Old Testament. They know their relationship and they know who God is and who they are. Further along in the book of Judges, Judges is all about the people of Israel. They fall away from God. God sends a prophet and a judge to bring them back to himself. And Gideon is one of those prophets. In Judges chapter six, God sends an angel to Gideon to give a message to Israel. And at first, Gideon doesn't know he's talking to an angel. But when he finds out that he's talking to an angel, he's instantly terrified. Hear what he says here in verse 24 of Judges 6. Alas, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. No barrier. But the Lord said to him, peace, do not be afraid. You're not going to die. God knows that Gideon's fear would be instant death. He's even taking it a step further. Gideon is thinking that even if I talk to one of God's angels, not even God face to face. So in the Old Testament, you have this awareness, this sense that if I come face to face with God, a holy God, holy and unholy don't mix. So that's why this business of Moses veiling his face, even after just a glimpse of God, so they wouldn't be paralyzed by fear. They'd actually hear God's words. Veils offer separation, but also so that that relationship can still exist, albeit with boundaries. 
The Bible talks about another veil, though. One that separated the unholy from the holy, allowing sinners to be in proximity to God, to still have a relationship, but with a boundary there. The temple curtain. The temple curtain was 60 feet long, 30 feet high, and four inches thick. It took 300 men to lift it. And this curtain blocking the entrance to the Holy of Holies allowed humanity under the curse of sin to still be near the presence of God, but without death. But then we hear of a death. In the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, when Jesus is nailed to the cross for your sin, as he hangs there, bearing your punishment, saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It says this, Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and gave up his spirit and behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth shook. That veil that took 300 men to lift, God tore in half like a piece of paper showing all of the world that Jesus now gives you his righteousness and becomes our sin. That we no longer have to fear the holy, that you're made holy. You no longer have to fear being in God's presence, but you're freed. You're freed to be in an intimate relationship with God one that people have never been able to be in before since the fall. Now you have this invitation to true life, to come straight to God, no barriers, face to face even. <clears throat> Someone wondered last night, is that why Lutherans always sit in the back because they know they're welcome in God's house, but they're, they're just still uncomfortable about being right up close. Uh, I don't know that I would go that far. I think it's a different quirkiness. But hopefully none of you hesitated out there on the step to come in those front doors. Most of us have grown up knowing that we're welcome in God's presence. Sometimes we just don't focus so much on that it's only because of Jesus that we are, because we're constantly in need of God's forgiveness. But through Christ, God sees us as righteous. So let's bring it full circle now. Here, once again, that hard reading from 2 Corinthians that has so much going on, and see with this imagery of the veil in your mind, if it doesn't make a lot more sense, knowing that where you stand before God is in the face of Jesus Christ. For to this day, when they read the old covenant, the law, that same veil remains unlifted because only through Christ is it taken away. Yet to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts, unbelievers. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed 
Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, not separation. And we all, with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image. You are being transformed into the image of Christ from one degree of glory to another. Now our relationship is at a whole another level. You're different because of Christ. You stand before God, not in fear, but in freedom. Even before others, it's not veiled anymore, but you can shine brightly. And not because you're so special, but because Jesus is. And you shine with his light now even more of a degree now than before. So as you do, remember that you're free in Christ to behold, to behold the glory of God. Just as Owen is holding that light right now. And he's just so happy and so proud. You too hold the light of Christ with that same privilege. What a beautiful thing to have unveiled faces, thanks to Jesus. To God alone be the glory. Amen.